council to look at it. Yeah, and then maybe just a, a follow up on, on some of the disclosures. If I'm integrating with third parties, um, you know, subscription gateways, payment gateways, you know, there's a host of third parties. Do I need to change my privacy statement every time I integrate with a new third party? How do I manage that? Um, so it really depends on who the third party is. Um, if you're integrating with like Stripe or a payment processor or a, a service provider, um, typically if you already have a disclosure in your privacy policy, um, you, you probably don't, you can make it more detailed, but you don't have to add a new disclosure. Um, if the third party is, um, I would, it, it, yeah, I, Sometimes the integration, if you're in, if you are yourself a service provider and you're receiving like end user data from your customer through that integration, that data collection would be governed by your customer's privacy policy. But you know, I've seen what is more common now for service providers to include that detail in their privacy policy, just so the end user is looking at their privacy policy. They know that it's the customer's privacy policy that's governing that data collection. So. So the answer is it depends like who the who the third third party is like if they're a service provider if they're a customer if they're somebody else um, it will impact what whether or not you have to disclose. Awesome helpful hey um, Marcus one of the things I know you've got familiarity with is you know the tracking and following the myriad of, of regulations at, at privacy regulations and or even advertising or cookie regulations as they've evolved. But startups can't, I mean, we're not gonna hire a regulatory affairs person when we've got a team of four. How should startups think about following all the different regulations and privacy that are coming down the pipe? Should they even bother to follow them? What are your thoughts? Well, again, it gets back to that business model. What are you doing? And are you, are you even triggering those? Just because they're out there doesn't necessarily mean you're triggering them. So I think it's knowing what you are and then, and then potentially picking high watermarks and, and a standard that meets as much as you can. I mean, this is you know, early stage and even mid stage. This is risk management much more than it is compliance. So what are, what are you doing? How important are those activities to your core business? And what's your regulatory impacts? I don't think there's as many as as some privacy lawyers would want you to believe there are, you know, Privacy Lawyer Full Employment Act. Uh, but I think it's it's finding that high watermark that works for your business. So if you can run a business and be completely aligned with GDPR, great, knock yourself out, right? It's where are those deltas that impact your business. So I think it's 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 an, relatively there's a lot of free comparison analysis out there. If you Google comparing GDPR and CCPA, there's five or six sites you can go to right now that show you the differences. So I think you can rely on some, some, some public information, but find some fundamentals that work for your program and, and stick with them. Yeah, awesome. Um, we, we've got a, a question in the Q&A that is a multi-part. Um, I'm gonna attempt to um, summarize it here briefly. Um, I think what we're talking about is unique identifiers and device unique identifiers and that I think that there is a stigma that, you know, a unique identifier is risky. Um, I would say that they're not, it depends on your business. But the question is, if you get explicit sign off from your customers in advance um, with the qualification that the data can't be protected, 
Um, in other words, you're you're getting you're get, you're asking for consent that the information can't be protected. Um, and then the question is, does that adequately cover your bases? Um, and the stage that we're talking about here is a stealth startup. Um, does anybody want to care to jump in on that, or or I'll, I'm happy to if if uh, if no volunteers. All right, I'll start and we'll see what happens. Um, my read on this situation, the first thing that I look at is that this is a stealth startup. And so immediately my thought process here is, is that the risk is lower. Um, however, I wouldn't want this to be the long-term plan, right? I, in my business model, I would be recommending um, or as counsel, I would be recommending that we need to solve for this. We wouldn't want to have this data be unprotected as our business model. That probably would not be advisable. However, if we're really testing and pioneering and doing AB exploration on what type of product we want to create and just get some initial customer feedback, and therefore we've got almost in, in essence a waiver uh, and it's a small subset of people, I could see I could see how that could, you could minimize the risk in that type of a scenario. Um, I don't recommend doing it without visibility and just, just doing it, um, unless you're talking about family and friends are testing your product. Um, outside of family and friends, being nefarious, not disclosing what you're doing is always going to be worse than disclosing what you're doing, being transparent and telling someone, hey, we're brand new, we're trying something out, we wanna see if there's traction and if there is, then we'll build all the bells and whistles into it. I think that's a much better uh, story. Um, so hopefully that, uh, that, and we're getting some feedback that that was helpful, so <laughs> Yeah, Success. Scott, I would say my two cents are, um, don't, get, 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 don't get fixated on this whole consent CCPA, I think there's a lot of bad advice out there, to be honest with you. Certainly, if you're not subject to CCPA, that's a, that's a huge thing. But even if you are, you know, there's a lot of, like you look, Catherine mentioned a bunch of cookie banners. There's a lot of bad banners out there that aren't consent anyways. And so don't get, don't get fixated. I Notice is fundamentally different than consent. Being clear of what you're collecting, why you're collecting it, and your uses, and being consistent with that in the U.S. will go a long way. When you start getting into consent mechanisms and stuff that you may or may not need, that's pretty that's pretty complex stuff. And I think there's a lot of bad advice out there right now on that area. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Louis, Louis, back to you. I, I wanted to wrap up and, and thank everybody for joining on this slide. Uh, you'll see contact details for uh, the folks uh, here who have uh, really uh, given us a lot of great advice and things to think about. So please, uh, for those of you in the audience, feel free to reach out to Scott, Ian, Marcus, uh, Catherine, and myself, although I'm not the expert on privacy by any means. Um, and uh, we'll, we will be circulating a copy of the slides as well as uh, posting a, a playback of, of the webinar on, on, uh, on our YouTube channels uh, in the next uh, 24 hours. Um, thank you so much. Look out for our next webinar next month on uh, accessing the U.S. markets from abroad and accessing the, 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 the uh, non-U.S. markets from home. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining, and, and uh, thanks to our panelists. All the best.